You ready for this? Yeah, I thought you had like something planned. I'm just sitting here fucking listening to silence, the sound of silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. This is Rage Against the Pod. This is the weekly Rage Against the Machine podcast where we get into a different one every week and we dissect it. We get into the nitty gritty of it. We try to have a good time because sometimes these songs are okay. Uh, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Give us five stars because that's what we really want. That's all we want in life is five stars on um, yeah. on the iTunes. So go do that. Go follow us on social media at Rage Against the Pod. Now, Jeff, what song are we doing today? Oh, I forgot. I'll take, I'll take the power back. We're doing uh, this uh, Take the Power Back from Rage Against the Machine. Uh, this is the third track from their first album that came out in on November 3rd, 1992. And um, this is a certified banger. And what are, your, what are your initial thoughts? I, I had to say it up front. I thought you what hate your in- everything from this album. I, oh, dude, get the fuck out of here. You said not only is get this the their worst album, but this is some of the worst stuff like in, in this genre. It's <laughs> weird. Okay, so my initial thoughts were: um, this is th- this is not like a, one of the on the top of your head bangers. This is kind of like a deeper cut, even though it's so early on in the album for me, and mm. not for me, but it's, it is objectively earlier on in the album. Uh, I just I never I, I always forgot about this song, and then when we did the the album on our other podcast, I re- I remembered just like how much of a fucking banger this is and how groovy it is how. How funky it is, and just how how much they all play off each other very very well in this. Yep, it's an HB for sure. An HB for sure. A hidden banger. A hidden banger, yeah. baby. For, hidden banger. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you picked up on that. It's crazy because it's it's the third track. I know it's <laughs> for such an early track. It's it's crazy that it's almost forgotten. But I mean, I guess when you when you start out with songs like Bomb Track and Killing in the Name. Which faves. the latter is, you know, one of their worst, but people love it for some reason. But anyway, take the power back. I, I think it's a, it's an absolute banger. It's it's a hidden banger, like I said. It, the funkiness of it, the way certain parts of the song build up, it's just an all-around great ride, through and through. You through just, and through. It's one of the best songs on the record. It's kind of this one. it's kind of funny because the intro is it's it's such like a garage band way to start a song. Just, like just when he says bring that shit in. Yeah, like everyone's just kind of like goofing, you know. It's, it's like it's like us being in our band when we're when we're like doing rehearsal and yeah, but like not as talented. No, but <laughs> like everyone just kind of goofing around, me. like noodling, and then and the B Dubs is, is slapping it, and everyone's coming in, and then and then they all come in, but it's just. It's such like a, a, a teenage garage band way to start a song. I, I but I like it. I, I love that part about it. I think I think it's fantastic. That and that I mean, he doesn't do the slap bass very often, but when he does, he does it really it just sounds really cool. It's very nice. It's very, very nice. It's when so he does it's it. so crisp too. 
Mm-hmm. Like nothing is, oh, is like the tone isn't, isn't muted or muffled. It's very, very crisp. Cause sometimes I feel like when people, when people slap at the bass or, or like pick it really hard, like fucking pull the strings out really, 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 really high, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can sound like muted. It just sounds like shitty or like you get a little tiny bit of string buzz and it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't sound crisp or clean, but this sounds absolutely fantastic. It really does. And then you have Tom Morello coming in with uh, those like swells on his guitar. Oh, I love it. It sounds so good. And then B-Dub just doing it on the hi-hat with the bass drum, just on beat and then just bring that shit in. And then it's just like this super funky. It's just this entire song is super funky. I love it. But with just like heavy distortion. It's fantastic. I think so too. I think I think the, the song itself, Minds the Chorus, is very... Like the chorus and, and the verses are so different. I think the chorus is a very like seventies metal type of sound, or almost like psychedelic rock, but with like the distortion turned on heavy. Yeah, it's like super heavy. It's very wah heavy too. And the verses are just—they're so groovy. They're so funky. They're so more—they're—they're they're more laid mm-hmm. back. The more—the more taking the backseat, I guess. But also, if you if you didn't notice, which I'm sure you did, during the choruses, Tom Morello just really lays it on thick with the chicka chickas. Yeah, I mean they're super thick in there. Yeah, but they, they were they were very heavy on repetition and chicka chickas, especially <laughs> like in their their earlier times. Definitely, chicka, definitely. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Oh, so good, dude. And then Love the build chickas. up, the build up too, and that in that interlude and in that that first bridge right there, and then it just. And then the solo comes in and it's just like, it's a perfectly placed solo and it's, it's kind of show, it's kind of showy, but, but not too much. It's still exciting and it's still fun and it just works so well. The solo, the solo works because it's, it's kind of a conventional solo and, and he doesn't really ever do that ever again. It's, he always adds something weird to it. This solo was like him trying to do an actual type of metal solo Mm -hmm. and I kind of, I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's okay, just because everyone else is coming in and helping him and pushing him through that. Like he's lucky that bassline is so fucking good during that solo. He's lucky that the instrumentation is all coming together and and building up to the solo. But then during the solo, they you can kind of tell they start to taper off a little bit and then come back down. And then you got Zach going like ah uh, and stuff during <laughs> all. And it's just everything's coming together really well. <laughs> So it's not just like, ready, Tom, solo, and then he does a solo, even though the way he plays a solo is very much like that. It's a very conventional, easy, boring solo. Yeah. yeah for Tom's yeah. standards. And then and then what's really great after the solo is he, uh, Zach comes in and he says, bring it back the other way, and it goes, it's just like the simplest chord progression ever. <laughs> it's just, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Oh my god, this song! I, I forgot how how amazing of a song this is. This might be, it's not my new favorite on this record, but it's, it's probably third best, third best on this record for sure. Okay. It's so good. I, I mean, it's so I underrated. I won't like fight you for that spot, but no, it's a fantastic song. There's a lot of little nuances too that that Tom kind of throws, and there's a lot of little high notes he adds in the choruses, and I think that's really cool because it's not just straight heavy. And slow and chuggy, but he has these little mm-hmm. like flares that a little bit of little jazzy and stuff in there. Like, little jazz hands. I just did it with my hands, jazz hands in there. 
So that's it's fun. Yeah, it really is. And then there's a third verse in this one too. After all that, all, after the guitar solo, after the breakdown and all that, and then it like completely comes to like this, this halt. Yeah, it stops. Absolute halt. And then you just have the, you just have B Dubs doing just the the closed hi hat with the, the bass drum, and you you get some of the um, some of the bass coming in, and then Zach's kind of like just like it's almost like spoken word, and then, and then uh, and then Tom does like that the the high the high upstrokes like or not they're not even upstrokes they're, it's like he's hitting the uh, like the tuning pegs almost yeah like the strings up on the tuning pegs, and then and then of course the cowbell. The cowbell is like the best part of this song. It's like, what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> what a weird place to to put that that fucking stupid instrument. But Dude, Zach's Zach's third verse, I think that is like uh, singing wise or rapping wise, that is his best. He he pulls out so many different little tricks during that verse, and it's so it's so weird compared to the rest of the song. Which the song is on the surface, it's very straightforward, but. They just they add so many little nuances and flares to it that give it that depth. But verse three is like definitely Zach's contribution to that depth. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He does a lot of weird things on this one. A lot of different, not weird things, just a lot of different things. A lot of different variations of his style, which is I really, really think is cool. And then uh, you know after that, then you just got another chorus, and then um, then another the second bridge, where he's just yelling, screaming, "No more lies! No more lies!" And then, oh, and then that loves us. And then the outro, yeah, take it back, y'all. <laughs> like kind of like rap screams that part. So good. There's there's just so much buildup and and drops and just like it's, it's just like this roller coaster of a ride, and it's just it's it an is. absolute perfect song from a perfect all within album. what like four and a half minutes. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a short song either. It's five and a, it's five minutes yeah. and thirty six seconds. Man, that's what I love about like early raids. They just, they 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 take their time. Yeah, they don't rush anything. Nothing is rushed. Damn. But then it's, it's also not good. like. But what's also cool about them is that it's not proggy. It doesn't sound like it's dragging on. There's there's not weird time signatures. It's just them kind of telling them like a convention, like telling like a conventional story, without getting too weird. I like it. I love it. Like it. Love I want it. some more of it. Want some more of it. Okay, cool. we got we got anything else to say about the music part of it? No, music is uh, is perfect. I'm with you, man. So let's get into the into the lyrics right now. Uh, you know, it's just <sighs> the intro. How fucking dare you? How dare you? But the intro, crank the music up, bring that shit in. Uh yeah, the movements in <laughs> motion with massive noise. Because that's how he says it. <laughs> <laughs> that he says, yeah, the movements in motion with massive militant poetry. Now check this out. Uh. That's <laughs> so for one, in that in that intro, I, I like I like that right. use of, of alliteration with the M's, the movements, motion, massive, militant. I think that's cool. That's fun. That's always fun in poetry to to do th- little things like that. Little basic beasy things like that. Yeah. It's fun. You're such a poet now. It's crazy. I am. I am. I'm like call me Walt Whitman from now on. <laughs> You're an idiot. All right, let's move on to the first verse. What do you, what do you got for this one? Um, so there's a couple of things that I like. I like that he that he kind of acknowledges that, that essentially knowledge is power, but those in power are the ones who control what knowledge we even learn to begin with. So it's kind of this this self fulfilling prophecy of shit. Mm-hmm. And and I like how he makes fun of the pledge of allegiance, 
that, I think that's funny because that's that's always a especially out here in Arizona. That's a that's a taboo topic, no matter what. And like, I, <laughs> like kids still do it. They still like stand up, right in over their hearts, and pledge that's allegiance. So what a weird thing to say. Like I pledge allegiance. Pledge allegiance. Like what the fuck? Pledge allegiance to to the flag. Pledge allegiance. That sounds so gross now. It sounds so it weird. It really, really does. <laughs> it sounds like just... some Twilight Zone sh- regurgitation <laughs> shit. Fucking weird. And can you imagine what it was like back in like the fifties, the forties and fifties during World War Two? Like God. how much like how much propaganda like I mean there's still a lot of propaganda nowadays, but back then it was only like it wasn't as like hidden. It was very much out there and people just blindly followed things a lot more back then than they do now. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was like they blindly followed it, but they just knew that if they didn't follow, they'd be even more fucked than they are today. True. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that felt like kind of like we do and, and just they couldn't say anything because they would be completely fucked. Yeah. Which is also disgusting and gross. But I like I like when also in this in this verse, I like when people use the word motherfucker to insult someone. So like instead of saying like oh like like fuck him it's motherfuck him I think I think it gives the fuck like a really good edge it like it sets up the fuck to be even better yeah you know what I mean like instead of just like he says um, oh, motherfuck fuck Uncle Sam yeah motherfuck Uncle Sam so instead of like fuck Uncle Sam it's motherfuck Uncle Sam so he's bringing the fuck up a little bit by putting the mother in front of me by by leading you into it I like it I love when people like say motherfuck that it's motherfuck not so me? abrasive on that line. It's not so abrasive on that 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 particular line. Like it's it it eases you into the fuck. Yeah, but in a good way. It's like um, I guess that's a good way. Yeah. It's like it's like in those old movies and stuff when the guy puts his coat over a puddle so the girl can walk on the puddle. But then imagine she walks <laughs> in the puddle and falls in a pit. That's what the mother part. The mother is the the act of putting the coat over the puddle, and the fuck is oh her falling God, in the pit. This is the stupidest. That's what it is. That's how it sets <laughs> you up so like dumb. that. You think it's going one way, and then you drop into a pit. Oh, that is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like I've said, I've said it. Like early rage, early rage is very, very much like let's do this, let's join arms, or let's uh, let take up arms, let's do this together, let's make change, and then. Every album after that kind of changes their tune a little bit. Still the same, mm-hmm. still the same ending they want, but uh, the end of this verse is, is kind of like that joining of arms to fight the oppressors. Like let's do this together, and I think that's very early rage, and I I like that. I dig it. I do too. I do too. And to piggyback kind of what you were saying about the lyrics in this first verse, I mean we're we're all kind of indoctrinated from kindergarten, some preschool, you know, to to follow certain guidelines and certain just ways of life and uh and how we're just we're only told one side of every story we're never there's never there's never any complexities to anything that we actually learn there's no real critical thinking to what we learn in school it's all just you have to memorize this and that's that's what's right and if you you deviate from that then you're automatically wrong so that's kind of what this song is also talking about too i feel at least is talking about like you have to only believe in one thing, otherwise you're absolutely wrong. But then you know, then the, toward the end of each of the verses, he talks about we have to stand up and just kind of, I mean, what he says is take the power back. But you know, kind of think, essentially think for ourselves and fight against the the system, the man, as some might say. But it's it's so it's so like I like I agree. 
it's so let's do this together though because take mm-hmm. the power back he could just yell because he's good at yelling he does it a lot he could just yell like take the power back but he says we have to take the power back like i love just yeah. adding we to it it's just it makes it sound like we're all not in this together and together we can make a difference and it yeah. kind of that bleeds into like the second verse but unless you know with the first verse keep going that's good you're on a roll I'm I'm good. With, I'm I'm done with the first verse. So, we move into to the chorus. You know, take the power back. I mean, that's all he really says. We right? gotta take the power back. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We gotta take the power back. Come on, come on. We gotta take the power back. That was that's the entire chorus. That's it. That's all. Because I I think this song is like a rally cry, right? Like like if you're, I don't know, like like if you're going to war, if you're doing something, nobody ever wants to be like the first guy to do something. <laughs> Because you're afraid no one's going to follow you. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to do things or, 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 or take steps towards progress or, or take that plunge. Like you wouldn't jump off a cliff into a, into a river because you're scared unless your friend's like, I'll do it with you. Let's do it together. No matter what you do, if you're doing it together, it makes things easier. And I think that's the concept of their first album entirely. And specifically the song is Take the Power Back. We need to take the power back. Let's do this together. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, that, I mean... I've never really looked at it from that perspective, but it totally makes sense. Absolutely. Damn, early rage is so fucking good. I mean, the all best. rage is all rage is good. At, I mean, Renegades is obviously their worst, but, <laughs> but I mean, their their other three records, I think, lyrically are just so fucking good. It's insane. And with with Battle of L A being the best lyrically so far, you know, according to the pod, according to this pod. So far, the Battle of LA is the best. The best that Zach has done lyrically. Yeah, I think. I think like a, trying to be objective. I for sure think that Battle of LA. He just he's on he's on a different level. Yeah, it's, he's, he's it's in like high school or college here when we're all back in like elementary school. It's it's crazy, <laughs> crazy. Yep. So the second verse, it um, it's just an, it like you said earlier. It, it's like it's an extension. It it expands on the first one. Um, that, you know, what we learn in school is very, um, it's very kind of whitewashed and Eurocentric and, um, we need to look at different perspectives and, and he, and he kind of like expands on that whole, that entire idea. So that, that's what I get from the second one. What do you got? Pretty much the same thing. I, I like, I like that Eurocentric thing. I kind of like, um, that kind of, that kind of leads me in the path of, of the, the Christopher Columbus controversy. Yeah. And and how our country, for whatever history has, has told us or lied to us about, whoever Christopher Columbus was and how terrible he was or how good he was, I don't know. Um, but I, I think saying using that word Eurocentric is is kind of like we're not even a country. Like we 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 adopt so many things based off of Europeans that came over here and 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 told us what to do. And yeah, we got our independence but really we're just kind of like the little sister of of england and i think he's kind of making fun of that fact or or kind of not fact but i think he's kind of making fun of that idea and it's it's just kind of like a dig at that i think that's funny i think that's that's fine i think so too but then also going like into the first into the first uh into the first verse of saying we're doing this together let's do this little by little and he and he talks about like like holes in our spirits and then he he's gonna puncture like holes in the structure of the lies, kind of in that that concept of well, if I poke a little bunch of little holes, it's not a lot, but if we all punch a little holes, then together 
just that kind of together theme is continuing mm-hmm. into the second verse. And again, he says, that's why we got to take the power back. Yeah, that's true. And what I, what the, the part, there's a part of the second verse that I really like a lot when he, um, what he says is, this is what he says. He says, I'm the inferior. Who's the inferior? Yeah, we need to check the interior of the system that cares o- about only one culture. And I like that. I like that a lot because it, 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 it presents that we're being lied. We're being lied to by the current education system, by the government, by the media and everything. But, and what we need to do is, is first understand that, but then look where the source is and why we're being taught this and then to, to fight against it. I like that. That's that's probably like one of my, that's probably my favorite part of this entire song are those three lines that, Oh yeah. So those, those three lines, especially the, the, the interior rhyming scheme on that one. I think that is fantastic. That, that also, I mean, just if we're, if I'm going to go with my theory here, it's, it's somebody specifically talking to him. He takes that first step forward, hoping people will follow him. And, And somebody says that he's inferior and he says, I'm inferior and then he, you know, he says, who's inferior talking about everyone that's following him, following him. Mm-hmm. And then he sees, you need to check yourself. You need to check that all the people in the interior, like the cabinet, the president, everybody that's working for the government, you need to check those people because those are the people you need to be telling that they're inferior to. Yep. Gold, Jerry. Gold. That's great. <laughs> this band is so good. Ah, they're so damn good. <laughs> we got to take the power back. So we got anything else to say about the second verse? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. So then we uh, we move into another chorus. Yeah, we got to take the power back. Come on, come on. Got to take the power back. And then we got the bridge. We got the first bridge. He says, Ayo, check. We're going to have to take it. We're going to have to break it, break it, break it down. Ah, oh, shit. And then the guitar solo comes in. So good. Yeah. Then we, get, then we get the interlude. And then he says, and like this, uh. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Bring it back the other way. Uh. Don't need to say the uns. <laughs> That's what he says. It's a part of the song. Got to do it. Yes. So it's just, it's this great fucking buildup that, that like we were talking about earlier, that, that, that middle part of the song is just this amazing, amazing buildup. And then it just comes to a complete stop or just a halt. And we get the third verse. So what do you got with this one? It's weird because I don't know if it was like a video I saw or somebody posted something like a meme in support of, of teachers and, and the the coronavirus and and not going back to school quite yet, I can't remember what it was, but the the point of of the of it was until like the teachers really believe what they're teaching, then the students are never going to pick it up. They're never they're never going to learn anything. So if a teacher is trying to 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 teach kids history, but the teacher themselves doesn't believe what they're even saying, the kids aren't going to believe it. Like you have True. to be, you have to be fully committed. You, you, your convictions have to be one hundred percent. And that's the first fucking like four lines here. Mm-hmm. Like a teacher stands in front of the class, but they don't, they don't, they don't even fucking know what they're talking about. They don't even know if, if these are even lies or truths. And so clearly, the students aren't going to do it, and they're going to be. And it says bouncing off every fucking wall, but that's, I mean, that I guess like literally, that's the kids' eyes kind of like wandering around, bouncing off the walls, but also like their ideas. Their ideas are going one way, and then boom, what about this going the other way? But because there's no critical thinking in that kind of elementary level, then, then we lose that. And I have no problem. I have no problem with teaching history one-sided. Like, that's not a big deal in itself, but, mm-hmm. but the lack of critical thinking and dialogue to argue 
the uh, the opposing side. That's like the problem. And it, it, like, if you're going to teach history to be one-sided, whatever, but to not allow dialogue to happen to kind of say, well, what about this? What about these people? What about the losers or the winners? What about this? That's that's when you get into really dangerous territory. It is. And I, I know uh, we have a, we have a friend a friend of the pod actually. He's a he's a history teacher. And uh, and I remember when he was doing his student teaching, he was he would always get he was would always get really upset with um, the teachers that he was working with because they were they wouldn't allow they wouldn't allow discussion. They would just give out assignments like PowerPoint or they would just do like quick lectures and then have them work from like a study book or a study guide. And that was it. And I know our friend when he became a teacher and when he was when he had we had more say, he would actually most of his classes and lectures would be discussion based. Like he refused to do like not refused, but he tried to do his little study guides and study and book reading and everything. A lot of what his teaching style is, is critical thinking and discussion and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I respect that a lot about him. I, I don't agree with him on, on some political things, but I mean, what he's always told me about how we like his teaching style, I've always kind of, I've actually really respected that. That's solid. That's exactly yeah. what you want from, from somebody teaching you things. Yeah, teach me what you're supposed to teach me, but also allow me to speak my mind. Allow me to be a person. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing nothing at all wrong with that. Nothing at and all. And I love in this song how Zach just calls it out. Just calls it as he sees it. And it's so I mean we've seen it growing up back in the 90s and early 2000s. We we saw we had we all had teachers like this. They didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. They didn't know what the hell they were teaching. Like, I had a fucking um, a world history teacher. My sophomore year of high school was the wrestling wrestling coach, and he knew nothing about history. Was that Mr. Bishop? He would just say, "Yeah, Mr. Bishop." Yeah, he's <laughs> an idiot. The dude knew nothing. He was an idiot, and he would just say, "Okay, yeah, read read this through this, and then fill this stuff out, fill out the study guide, and then turn it in." Like he didn't. He there was nothing in that class that was memorable except the fact that he just didn't he clearly did not give a shit i had one of the baseball coaches for my world religion class and oh i remember that guy that was that was a class that i i played guess who the we we brought in the board game and played guess who was with a couple other friends of the pod and high school friends of the pod he also taught psychology too in high school yeah because i i had a psychology class yeah, the the because the way it was in our high school was that like we we did one semester sociology and then the second semester was psychology. So my sociology teacher, he was actually really really cool, but he used to he was like the basketball coach at our high school for like twenty five years. What did you have for sociology? It was uh Mr. Moore. Yeah, Mr. Him. Moore. He was really nice. He was really cool, but he was he was, he was one of those teachers though that who had like who openly was just like open to discussions like. We did very little from like reading out of books. He was he would like create scenarios and we'd have to like react to the scenarios and he would explain like this is what this means. Like he was actually a very very good teacher. But then the baseball coach you're talking about, he also taught psychology and he was awful. He was fucking awful. Damn. Well, that sucks. That's bullshit yeah. though. That's f- so like in my in my world 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 religion class, I legit took that as an elective thinking that I was going to learn something about world religions. All we talked about was baseball, and sometimes one religion, which would just be Christianity, and then football. That's the only one that matters, right? And that's it. And then I was, it got to the point where I was so fucking tired of it that me and and two other people, actually three of us, 
sat in the back and then just like fucked around with each other. And then this is this is the class where I got mad at at one of our friends and I was yelling at him. And then and then he called me over to his desk, the our our teacher, and he's like, "Why are you yelling at that kid? Do you like do you know?" And he he tried to make it seem like it was a race thing. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, "Dude, do you even know his name?" He's like, "Well, no. you know, it doesn't matter what his name is." Like, "Okay, man. All right. I'll stop I'll stop yelling at him though." And like, he's still yeah, a, he's still a, a friend a, a of, friend yours, of us. Like, he's still a friend of ours yeah. today. And this guy like tried to have the balls to try and tell me that me yelling at this guy is somehow me trying to hate him or something like something fucking weird and irritating. So, God, it may piss me off. So he's played guessy uh, the whole time. I like, wasn't in that class, year. but I it was a fun. I class. remember hearing about it, but fuck that great. shit. Like, how are you gonna have somebody teach just because we're just because our school is good at baseball? So you have the coach and you put him, you put him in some class. Now, now you know half of the class learns nothing. It's a complete waste of time. And the other class, the other half of the class are kids on the baseball or football team, and they get A's just so we can still be good at sports. Like at least I that's don't know, man. Much it. That's that's fucked. It really is fucked up, but Stupid. that's how school is. It's not life's just a little fucked up. Generation X. A lot of a lot of like you know school growing up is pointless. Yeah. It doesn't really prepare you or teach you for anything. I know. How do we not except take- like elementary school? Except for like elementary school because that's where you learn all the basics. But after that, it's just like, it's like you're just being babysat. You're just, you're always trying to get away with something. High school is a joke. We should have, we should have been forced to take driver's ed. We should, like that should, how, why would they not teach us that? We should have been forced to like, even, even how to apply for college properly. It was, it was like an elective mm-hmm. thing that if you wanted to ask your counselor, she would show you how to do it. But we were never like actually taught how to apply for college, how to apply for a mortgage, how to like balance our finances. We took econ, but that was a joke too. Yeah, we. I never took like home ex, so I don't even know. I, I mean, still to this day, I have no idea how to care for a child. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know anything. I know nothing. We had wood shop and we had metal shop and we had yeah. auto, but auto yeah. was like there was like six kids and they took the fucking all four years. All always took it up. <laughs> so I know nothing about cars. I know nothing about woodworking except like what I watch on YouTube and now do myself. I know nothing about like metal fabrication except what I watch on YouTube. Like what a joke of a high school we went to. Yeah, I agree with you. I know there was a lot of bullshit. But fuck me, man. I know the quadratic formula. And I took theater for four years. There's that. I cannot Don't fucking forget. believe I legit still remember the quadratic formula, but I cannot <laughs> fuck me, dude. It's so stupid. <laughs> oh shit. Fuck okay. high school. I agree. I I agree with you. So are we good with the third verse? Yeah. Okay. And we round it out with uh, with another chorus, and then we get into the second bridge, where he just yells, "No more lies, no more lies," and then another uh, uh. and then we have the outro, where it's just, "Yeah, take it back, y'all, take it, take it back, y'all," you know, over and over again. You sound like uh, that one guy who says, or that the Casper Sly, "Take it back now, y'all." <laughs> Two hops this time. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna get that single on vinyl for sure. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> uh, and then we, uh, then we finish out the song with "Uh, yeah," and that's it. Okay, so we're we're done with the lyrics here. Uh, do you want to? There, there is a demo to this one. It was on their like 25th anniversary release of the album. Do you want to listen to that or or no? Nah. Is it yeah, good? It, is it worth it? It's. I mean, it's it's slower than the original. 
and there are some like parts that are different guitar wise like like the riff during the the chorus is a little bit different but other than that it's not it's not that much different yeah yeah it it, it's okay it's cool it's cool to listen but yeah can you be the near me that that is a banger (laughs) now um there's no music video for this uh they did play this video live uh several times many times prophets of rage they did play this song too do you want to give that a listen what do you think she would listen to, to them fuck it up. Well, that was so like take the power back. That was like their slogan for a while. It was. That's how they started. And that's that's stupid because <laughs> they took no power back. They took nothing. Correct. If anything, they gave up more power. That was an awful idea and, and it irritates me that they even used take the power back as like their slogan. So no, I don't. I don't want to hear anything they've ever done again. <laughs> Okay, that's fine with me. It's fine with me. Uh, Audio Slave never played this one live, so dodge a bullet with that one. <laughs> and what I have here, I, I only have a, a few covers here. There weren't a lot, and the few that that were available were just they were okay. So here's the first one. Uh, this is a. I know we've played them on the pod. Oh, fuck! What the hell? Okay, so so I've played these. Uh, this on the pod before these girls and they uh they're like i think they're sisters and they're just in their kitchen or something like that and they're just having a good time and the one in the front is playing the guitar really going along with the riff and then her sister in the back is just having fun trying to sing along with it so um the bass player girl has like a little tick in her her mouth like "Mm, well mm," like that like man fuck it we'll play it i guess yeah, so it, it, it's a fun little video, and it just seems like they're having a great time. So, so here they are. This is a, take the power back cover. There you go. There's a cover of this. Take the power back. I, I think it's great. Yeah, it's fine. I think it's so like it's so like innocent and pure. <laughs> it it kind of it it kind of looks like like they were pressured into learning the song and they may not even know who this band is, so I don't even think no, I, I don't see it that way. I feel like they're they're like really big fans and they're just kinda like goofing around. No, they're they're and way they're way too good. They they take lessons, they are 
They are bred. <laughs> they are they are forced musicians. I should say they are forced musicians. No, I I don't see it that way. I don't see How it do that not, way. At dude, all. she's like fucking ten. No ten year old is naturally that good at the bass. Well, without true. taking lessons. True, but I also think like they're just like they truly look like they're having a good time. It's great. I I think it's a it's a great video, and I I know we've talked about we've played one of their songs before, their covers before. It's fine. But yeah, this is um this is from Audrey One Two Three Talks on YouTube. They have a lot of subscribers. They have like three hundred seventeen thousand sub- sub- subscribers. These are kids that play music. Come on. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's popular. Uh, the next one I have here, uh, this one eh. was from. Eh, eh. This is a uh, looks like a not a school of rock kind of band, but they're just like some rock band in Korea, in South Korea, and they're just they're playing this song, and there's two singers, and neither of them really know the lyrics. They just know the. <laughs> Like how it sounds, like they know how to make the same sounds, but they don't know the lyrics themselves, and it's just kind of cool. It's it's them just kind of having a good time. It seems like, and uh, this was posted ten years ago. Damn. And I don't know who it was posted by because I don't read. I don't know Korean. I I can't read Korean at all. You don't read so, Korean. I mean, I know I know some I know some stuff in like to speak it. And how to, the fuck you not picked it? up like a decent no, amount I of have. Korean? I I have, but I can't read it. I can't read any Korean at all. None. But so, no, not zero. I can't read any Korean. Can she read Korean? Yeah, she can. But she has some she has some trouble with it too. Oh. Tammy's from not from South Korea, but her parents are from South Korea. Oh, name dropped. But, I didn't name drop. That's fine. Yeah, you know. You know how it is. <laughs> anyway, here's um here's uh this this South Korean band and their their cover of uh Take the Power Back. I mean, that's a solid cover, right? I mean, just hearing it, yeah, that's fine. But seeing how how much these people don't even like care about being alive, then no, <laughs> they're what do so you mean? fucking boring, <laughs> dude. Like the bass player didn't even—I don't know if it's like his face was broken, but he didn't. There was no smile, frown. There was just nothing. It was so stoic. It was like a statue. <laughs> he was nervous. I don't know, but damn, that was. Song was fine. The performance was was abysmal. I like how he just brought some guy up from the crowd, passed the mic over to him, and they <laughs> just kind of went along with it. That was cool. That was cool. And then I have one more cover here. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of like any interesting or even bad covers. They were just that. That's the problem with like Rage Against the Machine covers are that they're just they're exactly like the original, and there's nothing fun or funny about them. 
So yeah, this is the last one I got and it's just, it's an acoustic cover with no vocals and it's some percussion and it was kind of interesting. So here's, um, here's the, the, uh, this is posted from Maxim Shalutko fucking five months ago. So here we go. Take the power back. You didn't like it at all. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just grumpy tonight. I don't know. This one this one has lacked. It had a severe severe lacking of personality. Yeah, it was it was just as vanilla as it comes. It really was. But that bass tone, that bass tone was nice. I mean, these people clearly have a lot of money invested in their musical instruments. I mean, she was playing the bass, and she had like two others exactly the same model just different colors on the wall playing yeah. with an orange amp so like they clearly invested a decent amount of money and they were very talented it was good there was nothing bad about it but it just it, it, it like i said it lacked personality it's like it's almost like the more you try to to have a personality the more it shows that you have zero yeah you know that, that's kind of what it seems like like the, the way they set up the lighting and the camera angles and the amps and just and the, the everything about playing, it. He was playing the box. What, like the box drum? Like, is that what you call it? A box drum? I guess so, yeah. But it looked like it was brand new, right? He didn't like find it at a garage sale or it wasn't passed down to him or it wasn't used. Like He bought a brand new like Urban Outfitters box drum and <laughs> that's what he was <laughs> it's, playing It's on. almost like he bought the furniture, like some furniture from like from Urban Outfitters, but like the the stuff that they display stuff on, yeah. that's what he bought. You know? yeah. Not even stuff that you can buy, just like the display stuff that that like the mannequins stand on. That's what he's on. <laughs> yeah. But and then he has an orange amp set up right next to it, so it's a very flashy. Very. Those flashy are expensive. Video. Those are expensive fucking amps. They are. They sound great though. Oh, of course like, you're paying a premium for that sound, dude. but they sound fantastic. But they're expensive. They are very expensive. I've always wanted an orange amp. Always wanted one. You had a cool amp in the past, and you got rid of it. I did. I know. I fucked up. I, I had a cool I, amp in the past, and then I got rid of it to you, and then you had a cool amp in the past, and you got rid of it. And I got rid of it, And yeah. nobody has a cool amp in the no, past. Nobody does. Yeah. If I, were to ever, if I were to ever pay for a new amp, like a good amp ever again, I would get an orange. I would invest in an orange. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have the 5150 back. I, reg- I do regret selling that. That's too intense. But an orange amp, like a nice little orange amp, oh my God, dude. So worth it get some good pedals with it so just you really get the the full impact of that that fucking amp so good i don't i don't play enough anymore to 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 warrant that plus i have an amp that loud enough yeah that's also how i feel too yeah did you ever get your p did you get your pv back i did i got a fix we can talk about it now or after the pod i mean whatever but we'll talk about after the pod. all right 
Okay, so uh, that, that's all I got for covers. I got nothing else. There, like I said, there wasn't a lot there. That's yeah, fine. Interesting stuff. I've heard better. So, uh, yeah. what do you what do you have for your MVP on this one? Out of the four of them, um, I feel like that's 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 pretty easy. Timmy C. I, I, I mean, that's he really shines. Everyone does a pretty damn good job, and and as a cohesive bit, they are all perfect, and and they really mesh well together. But Timmy C. Just a little bit extra, the little the little the little cherry, the little the whipped cream on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Timmy C is my also my MVP. Like you said, he's he shines on this one. But Zach is a uh, he's a very very close second. He his lyric what he I think lyrically he was really good in this. Also his delivery was very good. A lot of his rhyming was very good. But Timmy C he just he took it to that next level and made it very catchy and very funky. Not cheesy, not cheesy though, which is nice. But then the rest of the band they all have their their time to shine in this, especially with the cowbell that B Dubs does. <laughs> yeah, I love, love that it. stuff. I love that cowbell. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite parts about Township Rebellion, another song on this record, is the cowbell part. I love it. That's why that is like one of my favorite songs on the record. It's because of that. Is Timmy C on that? Is but there anyway, any song on this record that's top five rage for you? My favorite my favorite rage song is on this record. Which one? No Your Enemy. Huh. That's my fa- that's my favorite. Really? Song. Yeah, No Your Enemy is my favorite. Have you said that? Before? That and then oh, you said that before. Yeah, and then Vietnam is my second. They 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 sometimes go back and forth, but but it's usually No Your Enemy. Like right now, it's No Your Enemy. But anyway, it's great. It's great. Uh, I got nothing else to say. Do you got anything else to say? I don't. We all good. We all good we with are. this. We all good in the neighborhood. <sighs> Jeez. Eating oh good, Lord. eating good. Was it the Home oh Buffet? Oh, Lord. Is it Hometown? I don't know. Anyway, go to um, go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media. Did I say Asinine Radio? I didn't mean to say Asinine Radio if I did. Um, I, I don't know if you did or not. I'm yeah. not going to say nothing because you're going to quote me and come back <laughs> and kill me about it. Probably. So, yeah, go to iTunes. Go uh, to Rage Against the Pod and rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Rage Against the Pod. Once again, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode because it might be a good time. So that's it. That's all.